Hi guys, welcome to the very first GB Pageantry HQ uh, podcast, and I'm super excited to have uh, the wonderful reigning Ms. Great Britain, uh, Charlotte Clemmy, on as our very, very first one, so season one, episode one, whether we'll continue the season one episode thing, we'll see, we'll see how we go, it's just giving me that the out, that if I want to have a break, that we can get to the end of season one, and then we can yeah. park it, or we can, we can kind of carry on, so um, let's get going, how are you? I'm thrilled. I'm so glad to be on season one, episode one. I feel very special. <laughs> do you feel very special? Yeah, I'm really uh, excited for this. And I think, you know, it's such a good idea. And yes, I'm absolutely thrilled to be part of it. Ace, I want to keep it really real. So I just want you to tell people like 10 minutes before we were about to actually start. And I told you that there's a possibility this could go on YouTube. What was the response? <laughs> well, I was panicking because. I'm editing today from home and I one of these people I think a lot of pageant girls can relate I'm either completely glammed up with a crown on my head at 36 years old or I actually look like I like horrendous I just look like no makeup straight back hair in just real rubbishy clothes there's no middle for me I'm either like one extreme or the other so whenever I text saying it's not going to be a video was it is it and you said, yes, and Zoom. I thought, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so um, I had 10 minutes to put makeup on. And, but this is what's great about the crime, because it's all hidden back here. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with this hair? You can just sort of scrape it behind, just, just touch it. And as long as I just stay facing forward, I'm I'm all right. <laughs> I, I can totally relate to, obviously, living with a former Miss Great Britain uh, and obviously National Director of um, Miss Great Britain, Saffron Hart. So I just know that she's she's not either here or there. It's either everything from the neck up is always done, is always done. From the neck down... It is always done. <laughs> but um, from, from the neck down, it could be, you know, half, like, really nice top and then pyjama bottoms, depending on what she's doing like that day so if she just needs to be seen from the waist up then uh then yeah it's that or or it's dressing gown so yeah can completely yeah love about saffron i like so i feel like me and saffron really bonded when we went to uh london to kent for our barbie party with the queens and um it was the day after we were slightly hungover and um we had a long drive ahead of us that saff was driving so she was driving so it was even worse for her and I think I sort of came up after breakfast and there she was to put you on a full face of makeup. I was like, Saf, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, it was your makeup. And I was like, do you know what? Got to clap her up. <laughs> so I was like, I could just imagine her every day just looking like perfect every day, whereas I was literally in the car looking like death warmed up. But for, for, for me as a guy, um, obviously being her other half, like it, it, it's incredible. She can be ready in... If I give her like 15 minutes, because like obviously we travel a lot with, with my business and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we we often have really short changes between maybe being at an event and then being at a dinner in the in the evening or what have you. And honestly, I've never seen anything like it. She, she It's like Wonder Woman. She like she'll be done. If, I, if she's got 20 minutes, she'll be done in 20 minutes. Good to go. Ready to go. No complaints. No nothing, which is which is, which is just fantastic. And I don't know how I just don't know how she does it. I don't know how any. But then it's one of them. I'm like that. So I've got literally gone from looking shocking to looking okay now. But then if you'd given me an hour, I would have looked the same. I <laughs> You'll fill the hour. 
I think that's is that Parkinson's law where time uh, expands to the amount that you give it or something along those lines. Of me geeking out. Um, right, come on, tell me about um, Charlotte Clemmy and how she got to be Ms. Great Britain for, for 2023. What give me the run up because you touched on the Barbie thing, which I'm going to go in a little bit deeper in, in a second, but you know. Fantastic photographer, probably one of the most chosen pageant photographers um, in in the pageant world. Um, tell me about how you ended up where you are now. So for me, um, I think from the beginning, I'm from Northern Ireland. So my accent kind of comes and goes because I've lived in England 18 years. So I think when we jumped on the call, you were like, you sounded really Yorkshire there. Um, so my accent's a little bit blurred now. I haven't lived in England for so long, but um, I grew up in Northern Ireland. Um, and from literally from 17 is when I became obsessed with pageants, probably even before that, really. But that was when I entered my first pageant, which was Miss Northern Ireland. And so what had you what had you seen that had um, that sparked that the, the pageant interest? Because it's, it's not kind of like before I met Saf, I didn't really it, it wasn't on my radar. It's like, you know, nothing was being picked out just randomly from it. Obviously, I knew um the uh, miss usa and and that kind of thing uh, and maybe for another time i'll explain a story about the like miss usa contest that that's a, for another time probably in a bar if you can pin me into one um uh but what was it what was the catalyst that made me look at, at pageants and thought do you know what i want i want to go do that i think it was i think i used to watch it on the tv so i think it used to be shown either whether it was miss universe or miss world i'm not sure i literally remember sitting it must have been really late, like 11 o'clock at night. I was probably about 11 or 12 and watching Miss World and Miss Universe on TV and thinking, oh my gosh, that looks so glamorous. I've always been a really girly girl. I've always loved getting dressed up, makeup. Um, I've always loved Barbie. So anything that's girly, um, like count me in. Um, and I think that was really on the surface of what attracted it to me. I just like loved all the glitz and glamour. Um, and I thought it looked really fun. Um, but I had no idea how you would even get involved. And then in Northern Ireland, the Miss Northern Ireland competition is quite a big thing. With Northern Ireland being such a small country, um, that competition really kind of takes over um, on the month that it's on. So it's always in the newspapers and you'll always see it mentioned on like the radio stations. And particularly whenever I was sort of 16 17 I always remember when it was coming up to the Miss Northern Ireland you would you would see who's won and she'd be on the TV and it was all very exciting so I entered my local heat and it was done on a heat system and it still is done in a heat system similar to how um, Miss Great Britain is now so you had to enter your heat to get to the final so I never made it to the final and um, I got through the first round of my heat and then got to the final of Miss Lisburn which is the city that I'm from um, and never got any further than that and then I entered one of the other heats um, a bit like you can with Miss Great Britain you can enter as many heats as you want I then did another heat um, which was Miss Banbridge did, didn't get through then uh, but it didn't put me off so I, I never even made it to the final I was just, this in the same year you went to different heats yeah so if you didn't get through you could still enter an, another another heat and um, to get to the final so I entered a few never got to the final fine went off to uni and then did Miss Manchester at uni never placed top 10 fine it honestly never put me off <laughs> I just why do you think that is 
why why do you think um why do you think it didn't put you off or what or what was it that had you entered it wanting to like quote unquote compete or did you enter it to take part and for the experience I honestly think that I thought that I'd probably do really well I think I was very naive and thought oh yeah I'm gonna do really well and even so it wasn't even as if I'm doing it just for the fun. I actually did think I was going to do well. And I was always like sad and would cry after when I hadn't got through uh, or I didn't get placed in the top 10 or anything like that. I was upset, um, but it, it wasn't enough to put me off. Yeah. Um, I'm looking back on it now. I, I, I wasn't ready. I was just so far from, I can really admire the girls that did go on to win at such young ages. For me, that I feel like my confidence really came in um, in my late 20s, really more when I turned 30. Um, and before that, um, I had loads of insecurities about myself and I don't think I would have been ready for such a big title and it probably would have been too much for me at that time. Um, so I think like timing is everything, but like I say, it didn't put me off. Um, my fascination with pageants just continued and then I entered Miss Student which I think I told you about before when we were out in London for the New Year's Day parade I did yeah. Miss Student and you won £10,000 yeah she was amazing um and I came second um which meant I won £5,000 and I remember they announced me a second and I was screaming with like excitement. I was over the moon. And then apparently everybody in the room it was dead awkward. I didn't even realise this because apparently everybody thought, oh, God, she thinks she's won. And so but I, I... <laughs> you were like, yeah, five grand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the winner. Um, so, yeah, so again, didn't win. And then it kind of all stopped. Um, I, I think I just stopped competing. I finished university and then I went on to um, join a model agency and I did various sort of promotional jobs um, that I think really shaped like the person I am now. So I, I would one day I would be on a really glamorous modeling job, getting paid, I don't know, 500 pounds to, you know, be photographed on a, on a sofa or something for some sofa company and then the next day I would be there in the freezing cold at a train station handing out leaflets about some sort of new chocolate bar so it was like really one extreme to the other but <laughs> that was self-employed life and I was there for it and it really did sort of those years my early 20s really kind of I think sort of formed me into who I am now and also helped me learn how to graft and how to hustle and how to have really good people skills and and um, so I really look back fondly in that time. Um, and then, of course, I got an audition or a casting for the role as Barbie for Mattel. And that really was honestly like the best job for me ever. So when I got that, I just couldn't believe it. And so was that the the sort of game changer then when so you'd kind of, you'd obviously been incredibly resilient because there's not a lot of people that, that necessarily compete and compete and compete and don't sort of like move move forward so was, do you think it was the fact that you came second in uh the miss student that sort of reinvigorated that i'm getting closer i'm getting closer that then sort of pushed you on to actually then start looking at other things or was it just you always wanted to do the modeling uh and then it sort of went from there i always wanted to do i always like i say from being really small i always loved like glamorous the glamorous world and i loved being around females and i loved being around girls um and i don't think it was coming second in that that sort of gave me confidence not not at all because then i went on to do another pageant after that um and again didn't even place so it it wasn't it wasn't really 
I, I wouldn't say that it was the pageants that necessarily gave me the confidence. I just had a love for pageants no matter what. Um, and even though I'd cry when I didn't place or didn't win, um, it, it, did, it never was enough to put me off. It was, ne it was ne never going to put me off. But I do think that my confidence as a person definitely grew at, with age and um, with experience and um, with meeting different people and just growing up really. And for me, I think that's where my confidence has grown. Um, and now at 36, I, I feel like, I, I feel like now people need to watch out because if somebody knows <laughs> I say it. Yeah. I just say it, say it. I've got I've got no filter now. I'm just like Bleh. Usually that comes at around like 70, 80, where you've really like just pulled it forward and, and kind of, but it, you know, it's interesting you say that about um, like just the, like the, you, you touched on like the development of, I suppose, uh, pardon me for paraphrasing, but how it got, how you got so much better sort of towards your thirties and what have you. Um, and this was what was so important, particularly to Saffron actually, when, when we took over Miss Great Britain is that there was such a fantastic, um, pool of um of females coming through that was in that kind of age out category in that you know they got to 28 and then they were kind of in the miss but they weren't ready for that um but mm -hmm. and there's still so much like to give for the miss cat uh miss category sorry um that we we just had to move that out out to out to the 30s and it, it's quite interesting um that, that you say that it was at that point that you really felt that you started to peak so um, at that point now we're talking Barbie. So this is really, really relevant because of obviously, you know, this is kind of like your time all over again. So maybe they should have you back to go and do the, like the touring again. So you showed that said, I used to be an official Barbie. It's like, honestly, I can't scream it from the rooftops enough. I'm so proud of that job and that period of my life. So when I went for the casting, there was a few rounds of the casting. I think one was sort of just on photos to begin with. And then there was, um, you got invited into their head office, which um, it was down south somewhere, the actual Mattel head office. And anyway, they rang me up and said, oh, we'd like to say you've got the job. And and it was so fun because it meant for sort of four to five years, I was traveling up and down the UK most weekends, um, appearing as Barbie from like in Scotland. Then next weekend was down to London. Um, it was a really well-paid job and of course just such a nice job because everybody was so lovely to you because you were Barbie. <laughs> well no one's gonna be nasty to Barbie are they? I mean let's be honest. Nobody's gonna be me. So I just felt so like lucky and um and as a massive Barbie fan myself I mean I have hundreds of Barbies. People who come to my photo studio in Leeds I've never thrown any of my Barbies out so I have them actually all at my studio my husband thinks it's really creepy, but there it, it does sound <laughs> creepy. She's saying it out loud. They're in the toilets. <laughs> That's even creepier. <laughs> um, I've got shelves um in the bathroom at the studio, and they're all lined up, just like watching you on the loop. But anyway, Brilliant. um, are these bobs? Are these bobs or in the gas? And they're all dishevelled, and they've all been played with for years and years. Um, so you know, for me, it really was such that my dream job. Um, and I got to do so much exciting things from, I think my first actual job was to, at the time, the biggest girl band was the Saturdays. Um, so they had a Saturdays and Barbie concert and it was a competition on the back of a Barbie box that you could win this, um, to come to a concert with Barbie on the Saturdays. And it was on Kensington Roof Gardens. There's pink flamingos everywhere. And oh. then in the Saturdays, getting our hair and makeup done. And I just felt like I was like living a dream, like, being like the extra member of the Saturdays. The Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's the Sunday. It's the Sunday. <laughs> 
and they were so excited to meet me. They were like, we can't believe it's Barbie. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's Saturday. And then the next job after that was movie premieres because at the time Barbie would bring out loads of movies for kids. And um, so I did those and it, they'd invite celebrities to come and watch the film. So the celebrities would come and meet me. And so I got to meet the spy, some of the Spice Girls and their children, like loads of different celebrities. Vanessa, yeah, favourite? Oh, definitely Mel C, because she cried when she met me. Um, she so cried when she met you? She cried because <laughs> her little girl loved Barbie. So she started crying and she was like, I'm sorry, I'm so embarrassed, but my little girl loves Barbie so much. And then I was like thinking, oh my God, I know every Spice Girl dance routine. I'm that era. But I was just smiling, thinking, screaming inside. And then I never forget a funny story. So we were at Piccadilly Gardens. Well, I think it's Piccadilly Gardens, wherever the sort of the big cinema screen is, where all the premieres are in London. So they had a pink carpet. You would go in, you'd come up and meet Barbie, and then you could go into the movie. And I was desperate for the loot. And it was like a bit of a quiet period. There was nobody there. So I said to whoever it was next to me, I said, oh, I'm just going to nip to the loo. Um, I'll be two ticks. But I had a massive dress on. So it wasn't super quick to go to the loo as you can imagine so I've gone in to this little dressing room and it had a star on the door and it said Barbie's Barbie's room or something like this and the next thing the door just like flies open and I could hear this voice going where is she where is she where is Barbie where is Barbie and I was like, oh my God, like, on the toilet oh my, God, oh my God getting up like in a panic like running out and it was Vanessa Phelps you know is she like a TV presenter yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And she was like, where have you been? Like, really angry. I was like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I just went to the toilet. And she was like, oh, we're waiting out here for you. And I swear, Matt, I honestly hadn't been literally more than like two, three minutes. But she wasn't waiting for anybody. And it was just really funny. And I just always remember that thinking like the time that I was dressed up as Barbie and Vanessa Belch. I got shouted at in the corner, in the toilet. <laughs> brilliant she doesn't do that you should ring up you know when she's doing it on the agony ant thing on uh this morning yeah she'd ring up and say i'm still traumatized oh why are you still traumatized well <laughs> i got shouted um i got to do like presenting with kate garraway who's obviously on good morning britain um various times it would be me and her that would introduce the movie so it was such a glamorous job honestly it was so good and how I'm long were you with curious. them oh how long did i do it sorry yeah how long were you with them Five years. So when I got pregnant, um, then I had to... They haven't done that Barbie yet, have they? <laughs> well, there's a funny scene in the film where, in the new film that's out, and they they go, this is Barbie's pregnant friend, um, but she got discontinued. And I was like, that was it. Wicked. That sounds great. I mean, were you were you one of one, or was the one, uh, and you had, there was multiples of you doing different things or were you just the it's just me yeah so at the time it was just me but then when I left I had a really good relationship with the team at Mattel and um we got on like an absolute house and fire and they loved like me doing the job for them um so we worked quite closely together with my dates and their dates and we would kind of work together when I left it did change and they split the role into a, a north and a south barbie um, so it, it did change a little bit and now I don't even know if they have it anymore but when I posted um, I posted a reel on my Instagram and then the girl that had hired me at Mattel commented going oh I'll never forget the day we cast you as Barbie you were the most best person for the job and I just thought that was dead sweet but I was annoyed because I thought why did you get invited to this premiere 
awesome. Uh, I mean, I can only imagine what. Uh, I mean, was what, what period was this? What was it? Two thousand. What what period was it? So I was twenty four, um, and I'm thirty six now. So it was twelve years ago. Right. Okay. No, I was just getting out there. Is there a load of social media footage knocking around somewhere that? that there is... Do you know what? There's not loads. So I, I have little odd photos from my phone, but I don't even think I had an Instagram at the time. It was kind of before all that. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So There's something it, quite nice about that, though, as well, in that it's kind of it. Even though you may want it kind of documented, it's just kind of also not. There's something quite quite yeah. nice about that as well. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So the end of that. So what then brought you back to pageants then after that? So then um, my friend started um, the Miss Galaxy system um, in the UK and she asked me to present her shows and we met each other because she competed in Miss Student the year before me um, and that's how we met um, and then so I, I did the comparing presenting for her shows and then that was it. Then she just asked me to do all of them. And I obviously loved it because I, I love pageants. I've always loved pageants. Um, and it was just a girly weekend. I absolutely loved it. And then she started um, Miss Teen Great Britain. So I was doing all her teen stuff. And I just loved the pageant bubble. Um, and it really started to kick off then pageants in the UK because they kind of started to dwindle. And I do feel like Holly kind of brought back this new era of change where you could be married, you could have children. And it really opened the doors to so many new pageant girls coming in. Um, and it was really exciting to be a part of all that. So when I got married, um, for me now, there wasn't anything for me to compete in because I was over the age of 23. So going back a little bit, when I was 20. Three, I did Miss Northern Ireland again, competed in the heat, but this time I actually made it to the final. Um, placed top seven, which I was over the moon with, but I really wanted to go to Miss World and I, I didn't win. So I was, I was sad, but again, it didn't put me off. Um, and then now that was kind of like, for me, pageants were finished. There wasn't anything for anybody over the age of 24. Uh, you couldn't go to Miss World if you were over 24. I think Miss Universe was the similar age. Um, and that was it. And then I got married at 26 and th there was nothing that you could do um, when you were married. So I then competed in Mrs. Galaxy and went to America and came first runner up, which I loved. Um, and I just, again, had the best week ever competing in that. Um, so then finally, thank the Lord, um, when Miss GB sort of changed around and they brought out the new titles of Miss GB and the classic division, I was like, sign me up. I was over the moon. Great. And did you, what was your, was that your second year competing on the year that you won? Or was that your? GB? Yeah. No, it was the first. Wow. So you just came in out of nowhere. So all of the, all of those run-ups and, 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 uh, and smash, and smash Miss Great Britain on your, technically your first go. Yeah. I mean, that was what was amazing. And I absolutely, as soon as I, as soon as I sent the application off, I was like, this is my home. I just thought, even if I don't win this year, and you hear so many girls say it, I'm going to compete again. I'm just going to keep competing until, until I win. Um, I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of the family. And I just loved everything about it. Um, and then again, similarly, it was just modern. It stood, like, everything that stood for, I agreed with. 
and it was just the right system for me and that's why I always say to people there is a system out there for everybody and it's just finding the right one for you and finding your home yeah for, for sure I mean like the reason um I was explaining actually before we, we sort of came on um camera slash audio part of the reason why I wanted to do this project is because uh, as I explained to you is that I'm playing catch up with uh, with saffron really because obviously you know when we took over the national directors um she obviously was incredibly knowledgeable about all things pageant what have you and and i kind of felt like you know i knew the business side of stuff i knew all that kind of stuff but like there's 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 a knowledge gap that i wanted to try to bridge as, as quickly as possible but i needed to bridge it in a way that that i found useful and to be able to learn so really putting this uh, podcast out is really a way for me to speak to like really interesting people that I find fascinating, but also to educate me about, about the whole pageant world and you know how yeah. things work and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're, you know, I'm a quick learner, so it's, it's, it's definitely going in, that's for sure. But what do you think, like the, what do you think people don't know about pageants, like the wider community that they should? I think what they probably don't know is that, you know, it's it's moved on, thank God, so far from what it used to be about. So when I was 10, 11, watching Miss World and Miss Universe, I actually probably now looking back, do not agree with what it stood for back then. I loved like on the surface of it, the glamorous girls. I love that. But actually, I can probably guarantee that it was a full meal judging panel. And, um, you know, it. The, the women were literally being treated like, you know, just on their physique and beauty alone. Um, and it has moved on so much from that. I mean, you know, it used to be that you couldn't compete if you'd had children. And that's such a hot topic in pageants and still is a little bit because I've seen girls comment saying, yeah, I don't think you should be allowed to compete in Miss Universe if you've had children. They have changed the rules, by the way. Um, I think it's in the last couple of years, but um, they said, yeah, you, 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 I don't believe people should compete if they've got children because it's a busy job and, you know, it's not fair on the child. And it just really bugged me because I don't believe that's what it is at all. I believe that it's because men view women as more beautiful if they've not had children because they're more virginal or however they want to perceive the most perfect woman. Um, and thank God it has changed now. And it's women that are you know, in charge of these pageants, it's women that are the, are the directors, like Saffron, you know, is a great example. In fact, every main pageant in the UK, I think is the director, you know, is predominantly female. So it just shows that, you know, we're, we're, we're in charge. It's not men who are deciding who's beautiful and who deserves to win. And um, it's, it's the women that are organizing it. And it is, it's so much more than what you look like. Literally, that is the smallest amount you know, it's your interview, it's your on-stage question, it's how you interact with people, and it's how you're going to represent the system. Um, and that's the biggest change. And that's what I wish that more people could see and realise. But I honestly think unless you compete or you're very close to somebody that competes, you will not understand that. And I can see why. I can see why there's so many women out there who still believe that it's the way it used to be. And But it's changed so much. Is the kid thing, do you think, um, to do with, uh, or, you know, with women having children, do you think that that's also to do with that if you go and win, you know, a you know significant international, you're going to be touring a lot and you're going to be doing all that kind of stuff? So yeah. 
Yeah, I, I totally understand the like the objectifying women of the past, you know, the kind of the the old way that pages yeah. and put across. But um do you think now that they're, they're, they're keeping that because of the fact that maybe I think they I think they're using I think they were using that as a bit of an excuse like oh you'll be really busy but my argument is always okay so do we think Beyonce is a terrible parent because I'm going to take a while to ask that she's a little bit busier than Miss Universe you know the top lawyers of the world you know the people women who are in really high positions of power are also mothers um, it doesn't mean they can't fulfill their job um, or they're bad mums um, because they're busy. I mean, even in my job, and I'm not in particularly, you know, big position whatsoever, but my job comes with a lot of traveling. I travel a lot. Um, and it's just that's just our situation. I've got a really supportive family. I've got an incredible husband and um, I've got supported in-laws. So it's about your support system around you as well. So I think it's really unfair and untrue to say that somebody um, can't have a particular role or job or do a certain thing because they're a mum. And um, if anything, it spurs you on more. For me, certainly, I'm really driven to be successful because I want to build an incredible life for the boys. Um, so if anything, it makes me work 10 times harder. And then I'm an even better mom when I'm with them because um, I, I'm so happy that I've got, you know, an incredible job that I love. Um, and I also get to celebrate that with the kids. Do you think that'll ever change? Do you think they'll they'll ever sort of, you know, widen that out to really appreciating? I'm talking like more so the international now that they would actually appreciate that, you know, it's my belief that you know, women can do it all you know, because they, they can. <laughs> so. You know, do you think that that will change that it becomes like me and Saf talk about um, when we sort of were trying to think about a, a strap line for uh, Miss Great Britain, we came up celebrating diversity and women's excellence. And I just thought that was. I love that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they're, 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 let's be honest, there's nothing more excellent than a mom. Is there? I mean, when you think about it, um, yeah. I don't understand how the how it, the, the, the two can't fit together. So do you think they will ever move to a point where you either have Miss or Ms or or what have you that do have children that can go on and actually take on a role as a, uh, a like a, a global winner? Yeah, well, they have. So they've definitely changed it now with Miss Universe. So previously you couldn't have children and um, they've definitely changed that rule now. I know for sure on that one. I don't know with Miss World um, what their rules are um, because I know you couldn't be married. I don't know if that's the same for Miss Universe. Um, but I do know that you used to not be able to be married. Um, and again, I just think, oh, let's just, I think it's really naive when people think that it's anything other than a man's perception of beauty and, you know, a single objectifying woman of, you know, I, I just think it, it's like almost if you're married, oh, they're written off. Mm. Um, so that, and that's one thing that I absolutely love about the Miss GB system. And I, thing it from the rooftops is that it's judged um on your age category um, and that's something that I absolutely love because as much as I'm proud to be married and proud to be a missus I'm very much an independent woman as well and I am Charlotte and my my title my missus title definitely doesn't define who I am in any shape or form so for me I loved competing in a category that was just my age group it didn't matter if the woman beside me was married or not we were competing in our age category and for me that was better um in other mrs competitions like mrs galaxy you compete against other married women and that and that's fine and i absolutely did do i still love galaxy don't get me wrong 
But for me, I definitely prefer competing against people within my age. And I love that you can be married at 25 and still compete for that miss category. I think that's really fair. Um, and I think that's right. Um, and I know that that's something that misses who are younger married women love about Miss GB, that they can still be a miss even though they've got married. Um, and for me, I love that I can still be a Moe's even though I am married. It's like my my marriage life is just set aside for a second and I'm just celebrating me as a person, not, you know, whether I'm married or not. Yeah, and, you know, it just occurred to me, actually, when I, when I think about, um, I suppose, the the audience demographic, like you think, um, or certainly I did, you know, before um, I actually went to, so my first experience was when I went to um, Saf handing over um, her crown. So I can't remember, I think I was maybe eight, 2018, 19, maybe one of the two. Um, and I kind of expected the audience to just be kind of like creepy men and then some of the like some of the families. But yeah, realistically, it's it's other pageant girls from other systems or friends or what have you. Like it's predominantly a, a female audience. So people who think yeah. it's like the objectification of women and prancing around in swimsuits and all this kind of stuff. Well, they're actually out there demonstrate i mean just i said to saffron we were up at the um miss scholar uh, no it wasn't sorry it was miss cheshire in liverpool um heat yeah. and at one point i turned to saffron i says and i've seen this a, a number of times obviously with the finals and what have you last year what have you, it's just like the confidence that it takes to be able to walk in front of predominantly strangers yeah of course you've got friends and family and what have you in the room and supporters but in your swimsuit in front of strangers it, it still like baffles me. There's no way I could, I could, I could ever do yeah. like, like myself. Um, and it, it just, it, I found it actually amazing when I actually sort of looked around the audience and thought, you know, this is actually like women championing women. It's a pageant for, for women. Do, do yeah. you know what and that's what it is. And I think that's, that. yeah. And that's the misconception, isn't it? And that's what, you know, for me, I worked really hard um, at the gym on the run up to Miss GB and i was like so proud of myself for you know getting on the swimsuit and getting on stage after having the kids and everybody was screaming and cheering for me and i just felt like such a confidence boost and it's just it is like cheesy but it is like really empowering and it's also just fun and i also think if you don't get it then that's fine you just you you just don't get it like it, for me it's fun it's just a and, fun and you don't have to get it because it's not about you it's about it's about you you know what I mean <laughs> uh, exactly you know, this... I had a conversation with my hairdresser and uh, well she was my hairdresser but let's just say after her opinion on this I was like I don't think I can go back um, and she said to me um oh I can't believe you know how vain um, these girls are and it just it literally was like somebody stabbing me I was just like I said being and she's like yeah they really love themselves and I said it's literally the opposite I said I these women do it for millions of different reasons yeah probably not one of them is because they love themselves no. uh, uh, so it's just like that misconception because we like to wear nice dresses and get our hair and makeup done and go on a stage and people cheer us on is it weird? Yes, it's weird. I've been a pageant girl since I was 17. I'm not in denial. It is weird. <laughs> it's so weirdly fun. Um, but I, I definitely don't love myself. And 99.9% .9 of the girls in that stage don't either. We're just there. But you know, that's, that's also 
like her response is really just a fear-based response because it's something that somebody doesn't understand so naturally they they will default to the negative they will default to um i assume this person is or it's highlighting something that you know because the yin and the yang of it is probably like she envies the fact that people like yourself can and will go on and you know walk in front in your swimsuit in front of 500 people and talk on stage and all that kind of stuff so you know for for every opinion there's always the counter inside that actually is someone like oh, i wish i was able to do x y or z interesting you say that because since yeah you're so right and i think somebody else had said that to me and i was like do you know what that's that's probably what it is and i think it's funny isn't it because I, I want people to love themselves like that's the most important thing self-love is so important I think there's a difference between like arrogance and you know that kind of thing but self-love is just people cannot have enough of it and it, it's so important so I think it's, if somebody loves themselves great and actually now that you've said that it's made me think yeah I do actually love myself I and I love my like um, you know the things that are, aren't perfect because and I think it's pageants that's allowed me to celebrate like every part of me because I'm certainly not perfect I definitely don't have the best body Um, I've definitely you know there's loads of things that if I could have a magic wand and change I would but at the same time I feel like pageants have allowed me to celebrate all my every single bit of me that even that even isn't perfect well that yeah you know, at the end of the day there's no there's nowhere to hide is there when you stood up on that on that <laughs> shape runway there, there's there's nowhere to, to to hide and I think um something that's massively overlooked is the ability the ability to not only public speak because you know i've i've done quite a lot of um of speaking over the years it is the number one fear bar none worldwide is public speaking even over death i think spiders are second and i think death is is the is the world's number one fear of public speaking and you then add on top of that not knowing what you're going to be asked you know when you go to judges questions and all that kind of stuff yeah. Um, that is such an incredible transferable skill to to any part of of everyday life and the confidence that being able to do that think quickly on your on your feet you know when you see the 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 best uh of the best they're able to take the question take it in 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 the space of a minute or two whatever that you've yeah. got to answer it and be able to then put their own spin narrative on what they want to answer but still answer the question that is such an uh an overlooked and i think under under thought of skill it is it's, it's phenomenal it blows me away every time so that for me that's my favorite part of uh, uh of any kind of final or pageant is when you go to judges and what have you interview on stage questions that was scary i'd never ever experienced that in any pageant that i've done before and i think you know i do think pageants have given me that confidence I wouldn't even have a second thought about going and speaking in front of a room full of people. And it's definitely down to pageants that have given me that confidence. Um, and, um, you know, I think that on-stage question is, is really terrifying because you don't know what it's going to be. But I, weirdly at the time, I was as calm as anything. And I, whenever she came up to me at Dion with the mic, I was just like, I'm ready for this. I mean, what on earth? I mean, I got the most perfect question for me like that was the perfect question for me because it worked so well with everything I talked about in the run to the vinyl. Um, so the stars were aligned that night for me. I was, because it's completely by random, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, I remember um, you were talking about creating great Brit men. 
Yes, yeah, I spoke about my great Fritman. And um, I just like I just loved it. I absolutely loved that on stage question. And For the that, listeners, though, you, you have to now explain about the, the, the Brit men. The Brit men. So raising great Brit men, a mum of three boys, despite being Barbie for Mattel, like actually, and being ridiculously girly, always envisaged having daughters. I've got loads of Barbies in the garage, all ready and waiting. Three boys later, none of them interested in Barbies. I was like, oh, this is, wasn't my plan. Absolutely adore them. But I just thought, was not what I saw coming. I'm really close to my mum as well. I've got two mums, so I've been brought up in a female household. And then um, it wasn't until then something happened one day and I realised I'm given this opportunity, having had two mums myself, to have these three boys and to raise them as feminists and to, you know, really try and bring up three boys into this world that are going to be fighting the corner for females and stand alongside them as allies. Um, and that was my raising Brit Brit men that I talked about in the run up to the final. Um, so the question that I got was something like, if you could make a change in the world, what would it be? And I said something along the lines of really encouraging parents of sons to really raise their sons as Great Brit men and um, to make this world safer. Um, and fair for women and young girls um, so anyway it was brilliant I loved it I felt like I was a politician well the you know the thing is it obviously landed because it stuck in my head and I, and I, and I remembered it and like no no word of a lie there's no notes that, that remind me of that at all it's just I remember you um you think because at the end I said something like this so together great Britain we can raise the future generation of great Brit men I'm proud like goes wild beta black there and then <laughs> awesome that's ace i love the way that you say it. i've got two uh i've got two mums so uh my sister is one of two mums so and they're, they're they're doing a great job uh raising our nephew Noah. um but yeah it just made me maybe smile when you said i never thought of it that way having two mums yeah it's, yeah. Nice. yeah and i think that's it so for me again it's a it's another element to me that um, my mum works for a female organisation, Women's Aid, um, and, you know, I've literally been brought up with the most feminist of feminist women you could think of. Um, they're very anti-pageants, and even mum has convinced them now um, over the years um, just how much things have changed. Um, so, you know, that's what I would say to people. Like, if this didn't align with my belief system and my upbringing, especially having two feminist mums, um, you know, I wouldn't be doing this. This is literally the opposite of what people think. This this really is bringing other people, bringing other women up together and raising each other up. It's it's not tearing each other down. What um, controversial question, what do you think is perhaps the worst thing about pageants? Um, what's the worst thing about pageants? I, I think... I think it's probably the pressure that like we put on ourselves Um, you know, maybe we, people thinking they're not good enough um, or I've not done enough appearances and, oh, you know, oh, she's entering. So I, I can't enter it. And kind of like that, not not believing in themselves or, you know, if they don't play so they don't win, taking it personally. Um, and all I'd say to people thinking that is, you know, if, if you won the prime, 
you know, you are good enough, you, you know, you're the best for the job. Um, and it's it's an interesting one because I have the studio. So I have lots of girls coming in and I hear lots of different opinions and lots of different things. And some people will say, well, she only entered three weeks before, you know, and I worked a year for this and that's not fair that she won. And I just hit them back on it, but she was the best. And, you know, she was the best one for the job. And I think, I think the worst thing about pageants is that people can forget this is fun. This is a hobby. It, the moment that it stops being fun is the moment that you need to step back because it isn't that a gambling uh, phrase? Isn't that a gambling? Thank you very Stop, stop. That's yeah, it. But, it, but it worked. It worked. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, that's it for pageants. That could be the tagline when the fun stops, stops. Yes. Um, but I think that's the worst thing about it people putting too much pressure on themselves or, you know, overthinking it. It's a fun thing, it's a hobby do as much as you want do as much as you can but when the fun stops stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, I i get that i mean there's only so much of that i suppose i i can relate to it but i suppose seeing it is always it's interesting you know seeing things from i suppose third party almost where you know there's obviously those that are in it being part of it and then you know that kind of third party yeah, yeah i totally get where you're coming from there's there's a lot of pressure when it's taken I suppose now I don't want to take this away from because it, you know it's a you win Miss Great Britain or Miss Great Britain or Miss Great Britain Classic, it's a really really prestigious title within within the pan, within the pantry world, um, and I just I don't know I, I just think but at the end of the day Monday comes it's not like you're walking down to the uh, down to the co-op and people only go hey Miss GB like they would if they saw Robbie Williams walking down the street so I suppose he's kind of keeping it in context like celebrating the amazing achievement that you've been through because really you know bringing I suppose a prime um you know excellent I suppose part of the phrase package to stage when you actually come on and compete it's a year's job isn't it it's a year's worth of yeah. fundraising and you know getting your your walk right and uh, interview practice and and or, and the publicity folders and if you can go for side awards all that kind of stuff it's kind of it's a it's a year's process so i suppose you you can understand why people get really sucked into the to the series or almost up in their own head about about yeah. did you ever find that happened to you or? yeah and i completely like understand it and i think it's probably again one of those it's a bit of a split opinion on it but my opinion is definitely that for me anyway I've been in this industry now for nearly 20 years and I love it more than I ever have before and I do believe that's because I've always had the right attitude with it it's it's always been you know a hobby and I think I can see the people saying but you spend thousands on the dresses and your coaching and your training and and I definitely not saying don't take it seriously because I definitely take it seriously when when I, I thought about GB the year before, but I definitely wasn't ready to do it. Um, so when I committed myself to doing it, that was it. I had to really take it seriously. I spoke to Alex first and said, look, this is going to cost us. This is going to mean you're going to have to help more with the kids. Like There was lots of elements that I had to think about. So it wasn't on a whim that I just entered like, oh, I'm just going to turn up on the day. There was like a lot of work that went in and a lot of money that went in. Um, so it's a hobby, but it's a serious hobby. Um, but I also said at the same time, the minute that I start getting a bit stressy, because I do have a business that I run on my own, Alex left the police, he gone into property, we had lots of other bits in our life going on, we've got the boys, 
I said, if it starts to get too much, I I'm going to just step away because it has to be a fun thing for me. If it's not fun, then why am I spending all this time and money on it? Like it has to be fun. Um, and the whole time it was fun. Like literally every single bit. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is fun. The masterclass, I was like a Cheshire cat. I was like, this is just so fun. It was worth every penny um, and worth like all the work that went into it. Um, and like I say, if I hadn't won, I would have just done it again because it was just so fun. Awesome. Uh, I want to finish with some um, some practical stuff for the people to be able to take away, particularly if they're, they're fairly new to pageants and they want to up their game a little bit. So um, I want you to give me some um, top tips is probably not a, the, the best kind of thing. Some some advice that if you were coaching you back when you um, you know kind of first started to help maybe skip the first sort of five years um uh, uh, the mistakes that you made and maybe practical things right the way through to i don't know how you practice your walk or how all of that kind of stuff what maybe five things would you would you boil it down to 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 be able to move people further forward than they would having not heard this uh, i definitely think investing in a coach is the best thing you can do um for a pageant um i think for me that just excelled me um and I think it, coaches didn't even exist when I used to compete you know 20 years ago there wasn't such a thing as a coach obviously now you've got loads of coaches to choose from in the UK um so again it's finding the right coach for you and I definitely think that that makes you take it seriously I think anything like you know when you pay for something mm. you think well I've committed myself now I've got I've yeah. got to take it seriously and it's like so for me whenever I'd Played for walk training um, and interview training. I actually went away and practiced because I thought I've just spent a fortune. I'm going to have to get my money's worth out of this. So yeah. it really like sharpens your head to sort of get get knuckle and down and really doing the work. The thing is, though, if you if you pay, you play. That we use that if you pay, you play. If you get things for free, sits on the worktop and just gets kind of looked over because there's no there's no value exchange. You know, yeah. it's just there, there becomes no value unless there's value exchange. Exactly. So for me, it would be definitely getting a coach. Um, was this five tips for doing a pageant? Am I on the right? right. Path? Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be five, but just something. So there's a couple. So we've got um, getting a, a coach or mentor that's, that's ideally been there and done it because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that can say I've been done this and call themselves a, a coach or a mentor, but they actually haven't won anything or they're, they're not placing or whatever. So it's, it's yeah, fine. It's right. interesting though on that map. I don't know if it's necessary that you have to want a pageant to be the best coach. And this is completely off topic, topic and you can cut this out. No, no, absolutely. We don't really put anything out. So it's something that I really believe in because randomly, when I had the kids, I followed this sleep routine woman who puts your kids into a sleep routine. I bought the book. It's called Gina Ford, Contented Little Baby. Now, any parent that is listening to this night, they're either going to go, oh my God, I love Charlotte, or they're going to go, I can't believe she's the Hitler <laughs> It's really strict, right? My midwife said, throw the book out the window. I said, my neighbor did it and her baby sleeps every night. And her... anyway, I did the sleep routine, right? So I had three children in four years, less than four years. They all slept. They all went to bed at seven. I was able to like excel more in my career. We still got a happy marriage. They still go to bed at night, seven o'clock at night. It's it worked. This woman has never had any children. She's never had any children. And anybody who ever 
has a thing to say about the woman that wrote this book. They go, how can she have an opinion? She's never had any children. And I'm like, she's good at her job. She's at almost like an outsider looking in with no emotion attached, going, this is what you have to do to get your child to sleep. And I'm telling you, I've done it three times and it's worked. Um, so interestingly, not like comparing baby sleeping to pageant coaches, but I don't believe that you have to have won a big title because I've won a massive title with Ms. GB. I am not going to be the coach for you. I'm not I've not got the right personality, I don't think, for coaching. Great photographer, but I'm not going to be I'm not going to be an outstanding coach. Whereas there are some coaches um, I can't think of any other top of my head who I think have got a lot to give, especially with like interview training, but they've not necessarily won a big title. So I think it is just finding like somebody that you're recommended by and you can maybe see that they've coached people who've gone on to win. That's what I would say. That was the bit that was missing. That was what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> or I've won a title, but you, I, I saw the Irish and you rare up. So I thought I'll... I'll... That's a 36-year-old me that just bites now. Yeah, yeah. Or have coached someone who's gone on to go and win. <laughs> oh, I jumped ahead. Sorry. But, That's what it's about. That is what it's about. I'm not here to be right. I'm here to learn. So yeah, I'd say that. Um, and then as well, I think just do putting as much in as you want to. You know, if you, and this came from Saffron. The first thing she said to us when we won the next day was she went, this is your year. She went, you do what you want with your year. This is your year. And I just loved that about Saff because it was kind of like, if you want to put loads of pressure on yourself and, you know, go wild, go and do it. And I'm going to be championing you and be right behind you. And if you want a bit more of a chilled one, I'm right behind you and I'm going to champion you. And I think, especially with the GB system, you know, just do as much as you can, but not to the point where you're going to absolutely exhaust yourself. It's going to zap the fun out. Uh, you know, appearances are brilliant. And I think quality over quantity is definitely more important. You know, I think even, you know, a director is going to prefer that you do, you know, 10 amazing appearances that have got meaning behind them than, you know, 50 just dropping in clothes at a, you know, a charity shop, running up to here, running back down to there, just to fill the numbers, quality over quantity. Um, and then really think about why you're doing that system. So for me, like the list was endless for um, GB of what I loved about the system, but you know, it's like, why, why do I actually want to do this system? Is it just because I want to crime? Because that's fine. And there's other pageants out there if you just want the crime. Um, this one definitely isn't that. I think you need to really believe in the belief system behind Miss GB. But, you know, so finding the right system for you and why you actually want to do it. Um, if you just want a crime, then maybe do a charity pageant or a very small system um, if you're starting out. Um, but for the bigger ones, you need to have a, a real meaning of what it means to you to win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think you see that in the winners. I, I really, I think that definitely comes across that that, title was one that they had set their sights purely on like it was almost like and, and nothing else existed but that you know within the pageant world is that that's the one I'm having that's what felt like it came across for say that like your cat Henry's the previous winners and what have you that, that I've seen come through it was just you just felt it just was very very clear yeah well I think if I look at the timeline of when I started nearly 20 years ago to where I am now there was 17 year old me never got played never placed didn't even sometimes make the final and then now to have like the biggest national title that you can have for my age category in the UK is amazing 
Um, and that's why I always say to people, just don't give up. And if you've got a love for pageants, take a break when you need to come back to it. Like I've dipped in and out of entering, you know, I've not been entering every year for the last 20 years. Um, but, you know, it, it's never give up. And I wouldn't have been ready at 20 to, to win a big title. You know, this was the right time for me. Um, and I think it's the same for the three queens this year. When you look at our pageant journeys, we've all been involved with pageants for years and years and years. I mean, Nicole's been entering way back in the 80s. And um, Amy's been doing it for, you know, over 10 years. So it's really lovely that three of us have kind of won our biggest titles ever after years of competing and, and not winning. So it's so nice that the three of us had huge titles all at the same time. Awesome. We are pretty much at time. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that um, I should have asked you? No, I think we've covered it all. We've talked about Barbie. We've talked about pageants. We've talked about when the fun stops. Stop. Stop. Look, that, love that. In fact, I might even have that as the tagline for this <laughs> when we put it on uh, on the uh, on the spot if the person gets boring stop when the fun stops stop perfect yeah. love it um charlotte it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you for uh, the last hour um what have you got planned for the, for the have you got anything planned for the last couple of months of your reign because it's not long till you uh, hand over the reins isn't it I know yeah well i'm really excited because you know now we're obviously getting ready for handover so we've got lots to plan in terms of our dresses and who's coming to the final and whatnot um so for me um I'm finally going to do my podcast you've inspired me now I think I've like just kept putting it off and putting it off thinking I'm going to do it then I'm going to do that I best be season one episode one it's going to be yes <laughs> no I said I better be season one episode one yeah I'm going to have you on it Talk about toxic men. <laughs> oh, don't you get me haters. <laughs> um, I, I really, really want to do a six episode, no pressure, um, on raising raising Great Brit men. That is, uh, if I do do that before I hand over, I'm not going to hand over. I'm going to have to like say. So I've got to just delay it. <laughs> um, um, and what was the other thing that I wanted to do before handover? Oh, yeah. And then in September, I'm going to do another event for Alex's Wish. So um, I became an ambassador of theirs when I won, which was amazing. Um, so I've got an event planned for them in September. So, yeah, just just nice little things, really. And then I'm going to be sad. But at the same time, I feel really happy because Saffron and you are not getting rid of me. I am like in this family now that's me that's here i'm going to be helping out i'm not i'm maybe not have a crime but i'm definitely not going to be gone well do what everyone else does and stick one on anyway if <laughs> <laughs> i feel left out because i'm the one without i mean so where where can people find your incredible photography if they want to come and have their pictures uh where can they find that what's your website we'll stick it in the um the notes oh, thank you it's probably best just to look at instagram and it's just at charlotte Kermy photographer one m yeah Pardon. One M. Yeah. C L E M I E. Yeah. Silly English name, you see. Oh. The Irish one. Um, <laughs> That's a whole new yeah. podcast on its own. Um, but yeah, please give me a little follow. And um, there's always like pageanty stuff going on there. And even if you're not booking a shoot with me, it can be quite good inspiration for if you have got shoots planned for outfits and whatnot. So yeah, I'd appreciate the follow.
I've seen your work and it's absolutely wicked. It, it really is. So um, if you can get down to Charlotte Studio, see what she's all about. Get onto her Instagram as well uh, and give her a follow. And thanks all for listening. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, uh, whatever else we've got on offer. We're pretty rough and ready, but we'll see where it goes. This was season one, episode one with Charlotte Clemmy, the current Ms. Great Britain, absolutely smashing it and raising great Brit men. <laughs>